AF eloquence is made in the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and we recognise that sovereignty was never ceded. Time for a treaty. Hello and welcome to AF Eloquence, the show where we are eloquent AF about all things football. My name is Bart Welch. And my name is Emil Freund. Welcome to the show. It is Thursday the 16th of July at 1pm. We have a game on our hands in seven hours time, Bart. But I tell you what, I'm oh. thinking about the, we- I'm thinking oh, about the yeah. week ahead. I'm thinking about the week ahead, but I'm also I'm thinking about last weekend. I can see you grooving there, Emil, <laughs> on this audio me, medium. I can me, see you. Hear me. You dancing. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, it's, it's hard not to be up and about after a win like that. I haven't seen the Blues play that well in, I reckon, five years, dude. <laughs> Mate, it's a joy. And I think that um, you may have found, like I'm a fan of the Blues theme song, for sure. Don't get me wrong. Um, but but maybe we've got a new song here in ABBA, Gimme, 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 which oh. seems to be the player's favourite song, as we've picked up on over these last few weeks. Yeah. Um, That's right, but after after the after each of our wins, mm. after each three victories, we've had a bit of social media footage from the Carlton rooms with them enjoying this banger of a track, uh, and we also had a little Ed Kerno underwear moment as well, dancing through the rooms. We're finding our extroverts, Bart. Mate, happy team at Carlton. There they are. We they we are. Are, we put the question out to them: Who are the extroverts? Where are they going to come from? Turns out, softly spoken, big man, Pitternet, he's one. Ed Kernow loves a bit Ed of a Kurnow groove. Loves the lip. <laughs> yeah. Loves the lip, loves a groove. Yeah, it's exciting he, times, mate. That was a huge win. It was a huge win, man. And I, I, we've had some wins. We've had even, you know, this isn't our first time kicking 100 points, you know, given that long stretch we had where we didn't. Um, although this is the first time in ages where the other team has also been on and we've been able to put it put the game away. Like most of the victories over the last three or four years have been when teams are off the pace a bit, and we'll we'll sneak it. Um, there's been a couple of exceptions to that, but this was the first time in ages where there was a real fight, um, and we were able to put them away. Not only put them away, but like convincingly outplay them. Oh man! And that's it was just. Let me tell you, as as a Saints fan, it's not easy to put teams away, apparently, Emil. So, you know, and Carlton haven't historically been great in the last decade or so at, at doing that. Um, mm. It was a convincing win. What was it, 50, 50 points? 52 points. 52 in points in this shortened Maybe format. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, my friend. Um, and also, look at us there, sitting in the eight together. <sighs> seventh and eighth, Emil. The Saints mm. and Carlton. Wow, wow, wow. We know the world's, you know... Burning Topsy-turvy. and coming to an end when the Blues and the Saints are in the eight, my friend. Twenty twenty is a whole new year. It it's is the first time for the rest of twenty thirteen. We've been in the eight at all. I, Unbelievable. Uh, it Seven feels years right, ago. but it doesn't. When I heard it, I was I was so surprised. So you haven't even like it hasn't even been a, after round two. You've slipped in for a moment's time. It's actually you haven't even been in there at all for seven nah. years. Yeah. See, some we've, been, we've Carlton have been locked down. Out of the eight, locked out of the eight, socially isolating on the bottom of the ladder. They're used to this. Preemptively. Yeah, they're used to it. That's why they're yeah. so prepped for this season. That's it. Well, I guess we, we usually our season gets started off on the wrong foot. We play against Richmond and it, it, it kind of 
obviously we start with a loss for most of those games of the last traditional five years loss. More. Traditional loss to start the on season. a Thursday night. Oh, owie. Um, and then it's hard to uh, get the season back on track from there. Whereas now we're playing with a bit of form, and and God, if we play that way, then we can we can play against anyone and, and feel confident. It's an open season, mate, and and that is that's a long time. So it is something to celebrate about. I'm glad we could have a little groove there at the top of the Ooh. pod because 2013, a lot's changed, Emil. A lot's changed since then. So, oh yes, in, back who then, you in 2013. Who set were you? I'll set the scene. 2013. Yeah. So a young a young coach named Mick Malthouse had just taken over the reins at the Carlton Football Club. Oh, young Michael Malthouse. Young yes, Michael, our yes. boy Michael. Um, <laughs> and a, a lot of things were different, merely. So here's some of the top things that were going on in 2013. In that sure. rose tinted glasses when the blues were in the in the eight, uh-huh. we had the uh, we had the Boston bombings. Not great. Oh yeah, no, no, that's a that's a tough one. It's a tough start. We had new words, Emil. Twerk. Oh and yeah. Selfie. You heard of those ones? You heard of selfies before, Emil? Well, they weren't selfie. much of a thing that's before twenty thirteen. Apparently, they're in the dictionary. Didn't stick, didn't stick around. No. <laughs> flash in the that was pan. a flash in the pan. <laughs> <laughs> sure were. Um, uh, yeah, twerk and selfie. We welcomed uh, the new royal baby, my friend. We, did we now? What mm-hmm. was this one? Oh, that's just young William George. Or sure, that's Harry, the one. Maybe. I think you're actually, actually right. George? It is George. It's, yeah, you can have a you guess, do. and it's one of those normally. We uh, had guess what? Guess what the biggest song in 2013 was? Oh, okay. Was it "Gimme Gimme Gimme" by Abba? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> back again. Might have been that. Yeah, back again. Bring it right around. Was it like uh, Kesha or something? It's a, it's a song that. Um, I think everyone, when they first heard it, really enjoyed, but then not long afterwards realised that it was actually a real shit song. Macklemore Thrift Shop. Bang! Is that right? Bingo. There we go. Bingo. That's the one. I remember listening to that song and then like sharing it with friends because I really liked the production on it and I still like the production on it. That was good. Uh, Yeah, but then it just became what it was and it was very ashamed of uh, my initial feelings. I'm I'm pretty sure also, I haven't looked this up, but I'm pretty sure that was the year that Macklemore won the Grammy for like best rap album when there was like Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid Mad City, Jay-Z had an album out, I think Kanye... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was right around the Yeezus time, I reckon. Yes, and so there's a bunch yeah. of amazing uh, black artists who had all these incredible music and this little white rap boy mm. won the best album. Uh, to his credit, though, he came up and was like, this is stupid, they yeah. are far better than I am, but still yeah. that shows you where we're at in 2013 and maybe yeah. 2020, Emil. Some other fun things that happened in 2013 okay. when yep. the Blues were yep. last in the eight was <laughs> former president of South Africa and anti-apartheid revolutionary, Nelson Mandela passed away. No, it's not the Mandela effect merely. He's actually <sighs> dead this time. <laughs> and then some spooky stuff. A bit, yes. It's a bit, little it's bit of spook. A bit yeah. of spook. Bit of voodoo. A bit of voodoo spook. And it, I hope it's not too insensitive because it is a recent thing. I'm not being facetious, but let's put it out there. Corey Monteith, former Glee star, passed away in 2013. Oh. Uh, of an overdose. Nothing funny about that. And mm. also nothing funny about this. I don't know if you read last week, another former Glee star, Naya Rivera, uh, passed away as well. She Oh, yes, I did read this. Yeah, you did read yeah. this? I did read that. So I don't yeah. know. I know it's dire, but something well, us, about... Us performing artists, but we keep up we, with our music theatre. Of course. <laughs> music theatre shows, and we like yeah. to find links in things. So True. I'm posing that whenever you're down in the dumps, the blues, 
and it's not working for you, keep an eye on the cast of Glee and see where they're at. <laughs> How's Leah Michelle these days? Yeah, well, <laughs> right. Keep right? an eye. I'm just saying. Yeah. I know it's grim, but there's something going on there with Glee and the Hopefully, Football Club. Hopefully, we won't need a sacrificial Glee member for a little while. No. Hopefully, this this hopefully the recent tragic death of. Um, no, the, rest, yeah, no the Glee start yeah. no Rivera hopefully that sees the Carlton Football Club through for a few years to come for the health um, you know safety of the Glee cast I also yeah also. you know what else was big in 2013 mm. Harlem Shake wow now that remember that remember that dated. moment yeah where everyone was planking and then suddenly everyone was Harlem Shaking yeah this is around the time when challenges online yeah. challenges were really like hey have you done the, the, the ice bucket challenge? was right around the corner yeah, yeah. what if we, we didn't what do we know <laughs> Not enough. Not enough, really. Not that enough. was how we did activism back in 2013. I'm glad we've got a new model in 2020. <laughs> yeah, film yourself doing a little juicy wiggle. Um, <laughs> anyway, Millie, bit of bit of grim uh, connections there for those blue baggers, but heck yeah, my friend. Seventh and eighth. I don't feel as positive about my team right now, but it does feel good to sit alongside your blue baggers. It's good to be relevant, but and I haven't felt it for a while about the team. Given how much I care about us when we've been losing, I'm I've been going into overdrive now that we've actually started competing. I, I, Content I central. That, yeah, I didn't know that there was a I didn't know there was a way to to read more and think more about football. But since we started actually playing all right, I found it. I found another gear. I've seen you lurking the pages and the forums of Big Footy Emil <laughs> under that <laughs> pseudonym of yours. Under which profile, but <laughs> yeah, multiple accounts, fake accounts. <laughs> I yeah, it's a funny thing, isn't it, for fans like us of um, of these clubs that have uh, perennial uh, failures. It, it in our does, lifetimes, we've not seen much success. Not at all, you know. Yeah. And for my father's lifetime as well, and maybe not his father as much, um, but. Certainly for our, our years, Mealy, we've been pretty shocking. And Blues particularly, to be honest. I've at least seen some finals and some, and some sure. success. I've gone to a couple of grand finals, which were great. And I've still got the scars from them. But um, at least now, you know, we're in the, we're in the conversation. Supporters, those Collingwood supporters are, are brutal, man. They are. They're sharp. They, their knives are sharp. They're emotional knives. knives that they throw. Um, yeah, dude. Look at us. Look at us go in the eight. And it, it does happen, though. That... that intergenerational trauma and that I don't know that desire to see your team succeed and you invest so much time and when you're so bad for so long when you start coming good it um yeah I didn't think there was room to get more into football but after our 10-year rebuild and when we started to get good in these last few years it, it really went to overdrive but then look at it yeah leave yourself open to get hurt merely and here I am like a West Coast Eagles player shedding my tears over the, over the big L that the Saints took on the weekend. Yeah, tell me more about that game, Bart. I watched it, but, uh, you know, you, you obviously watch the Saints in more detail than I do. Uh, great first quarter. Mm. Um, you could even say the first half uh, was a bit of a game of two quarters. A half of two quarters. <laughs> Thank you. I, I kind of trampled over that hey, one. Hey, <laughs> you got there, and it, I'm glad you remembered it, because Emil sent what? me this one through the week. He said it, it seemed to be a half of two quarters, which I very much appreciated, because it often is a game of two halves, but this one was even split down. It was even minimized some more. Too um, right. Oh. I mean, and good good, good on Freo to take on um, the, the Showtime Saints, mm-hmm. who'd, who'd been playing some blinding football. Like, that's... Yeah. We don't want to 
discount from that achievement to beat the Saints at the moment is a, a big deal. Um, it is a big win for them. And, and they were also is, yeah. two players on the bench. It was actually one of those unfortunate games where it was like, oh, cool, this will galvanise Frio. This is a, a one for the history books for them because it was a really yeah. good win. And we were, yeah. you know, so dominant and should have should have won, should have wrapped it up. And that's the second time this year where we've led by... Uh, 31 points against the Roos in round one and 37 points against Frio. So we and really I, should be five and one, not three. And, and am three. I right in thinking that you'd be in the top four if that had Easily. been the case? Yep. Yeah, if we won sure. that game, we would have been in the top four. We were in the top Re- yep. four before we played and now we're seventh, which is still great. Because, you know, yeah. I'm not going to get too upset about being seventh merely because uh, I'm not used to the feeling anyway. So, um, but yeah. The, heady, the, the lack of oxygen up there at the oh, top. Oh, I'm getting altitude sickness. I reckon. Um, keep us around seventh. So there's some some people that are higher up and we can get used to the uh, the height <laughs> here at, at seventh place. Um, yeah, look, we, we, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to suggest that there was a bit of bathwater drinking there, but... Oh, what do well, you, when you're living on the hub... Yeah, that's... There's, yeah. there's no partner around to tell you not to drink it. That's you, true. You might want to go get a glass of water, but that's a long way away, and you're in a hot bath already. Yeah, you might as well Maybe have a quick have a little, sip of the bath. You're doing sip. well. You smell yeah. great. You look good. Hub Even life, if, you're winning. Right? Your shit don't stank anymore. It don't so, stank. So sip the bath water. <laughs> have, a little, have a little taste. Come on. Well, I think they did, and I think, uh, it, I think it, really, it really got to them. Um, they tell them up. Frio, you know, our pressure... <laughs> our, our pressure was... Um, Really dropped off. It went from being elite to poor from one quarter to the next. But then we kicked into gear the last two, the last half. But Frio had a sniff, and they had something more to fight for, and they had players down, and that that, that stuff galvanises players. I think when you really, they wanted to win more. They really did, and we probably thought it was going to happen. Um, so it's a yeah. long, it's going to be a long bus ride to Adelaide, merely Noosa to Adelaide. Yeah, I reckon. And that, that is that uh, is that a factor as well? The bus ride from Noosa. Well, it was funny. It's a longer trip. They talked about it a lot, and then you know the first quarter. I think it was like Gerard. Healy or someone was like, what bus ride? You know, it's like, steady on, Gerard. Yeah, Wait a sure. second. Um, <laughs> Let's not park the bus too soon. No, that's right. I I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that stuff, me as a, you know, just a punter sitting here on my chair. I don't know that how much that really plays into um, the prep for the players. A couple hour bus trip. And we've seen accounts this year where teams are flying up on the day, the morning of yeah. that North Melbourne Essendon game where they both flew yeah, up and they both, both went up there. Both won. Both got the, both got the big dub. Both yeah. got the dub. I don't know. And well, West Coast every other year fly all if you're over coming the show. from If you're coming from Moorabbin and mm. you're travelling down to Geelong, it's probably it's a similar kind of journey. Yeah, so. it's, yeah exactly. If, you, if you're going from Moorabbin to the MCG and you get and caught in bad punt road traffic, you're going to take an hour or so. <laughs> And Moorabbin is, you know, I mean, sorry, Noosa is no Moorabbin, but, um, no. you know, I guess they'll take it. They would. Got to take what you can get in this season. Yes. Oh, speaking of which, it's compressed. The season's been compressed. Oh, it's a fixture bonanza, merely. It's it a is, festival isn't it? of football, my friend. It will be. We'll have a plethora. We'll have a, a, a smorgasbord of footy games to choose from every night of the week. Yum. Choose your yeah. poison. If I could choose one thing to help me get through the big queue, I'm feeling like it's all the big games in Queensland. It's going to help me get through this quarantine. Nice. <laughs> it, took me too long, it took me too long to, to figure out what the big queue stood for. I was like, Q, yes, sorry, the queue. Getting through Quinton Lynch. Um, what are you? Sorry. Getting through uh, Queensland Isaac, Isaac Is he the big queue? Oh, he should be the big queue because he's dang. the big IQ. Yeah, that's Ooh. right. Smart Hot man. Stuff. Hey, yo. Hot stuff. Well, so, um, yeah, what, it's, it's a lot, isn't it? What do we have? We've got 19 games of footy in 33 yep. days. 
which is amazing, pretty awesome. And as you mentioned off air on our radio show we got here, uh, <laughs> we're going to have to up the um, the amount of pods we do when we've got games every fucking night. Might have to go to bi-weekly for a little while. Mm. Might even have to go bilingual for a little while. Just, you know, just to really capture the market. Yeah, there we go. We struggle. <laughs> we'll struggle. <laughs> where, where, well, where haven't we... started yet. Hang on, you've done some hours in Duolingo, haven't you? Si. Senor. Si, senor. Well, you've got... I've been doing French on Duolingo. If I do my bits in French and you do yours in Spanish, mm-hmm. well, that's double the amount of people we'll be able to reach. There we go. Just doing Triple our Triple our Pop- audience. In the spirit of propaganda round, let's reach out. <laughs> okay. The away teams, the away round, the away, the away round that was, but all the home teams won. That was interesting, I thought. Are you for real? Did all the home Every teams Every home win? team won. Yeah, tipster's nightmare. If, well, sorry, a late, lazy tipster's nightmare. <laughs> wow. Yeah, if you miss, you're, you're done. You're zero for nine. Well, I, I actually wrote at the top of my notes for this week, in underline and in bold, this week I know nothing about football. Because I truly don't. <laughs> I got so many wrong on the weekend. And I should have known. Should have known well, just to tip the home yeah. team, nearly. Well, if only. No. <laughs> no yeah, not no this logic. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Before we move on too far from those two games, I just yes. had a couple of little missed headlines. For sure. Uh, oh, for, yes. the Car- for the Carlton and, um, uh, yeah, for the Carlton game. Uh, I thought with, with Josh Bruce kicking a bag of six last week and then going completely missing this week. Uh, I thought, you know, that Bruce fills Boyd Void would be a good headline because that's, you know, he's really playing in the spirit of Tom Boyd where he'll be excellent one week and terrible the and next. And then go missing. And then, go he's, missing in, and then he's playing in the local leagues the next week. <laughs> that's right. Whoa, that's a sharp turn of events for Josh Bruce. Yeah. From the, bull, from the Bulldogs to the, uh, to the Essendon Football League within a season. <laughs> well, I hope Bruce, he can get his bag back together because it was... He'll be right. He'll be fine. He'll find his bag, his mojo. Carlton, the Carlton defenders inside um, the Bulldogs attacking 50 didn't lose a single one-on-one contest when, yeah, when the ball was like, there was a couple where they'd kick to a lead and so they didn't get into the marking contest and obviously the Bulldogs took those marks, some of them. Um, but when it was a genuine contest, the defenders didn't lose a single one. Stingy. That's a stingy, stingy. defense right there. That's it. I don't want you getting any of that. Uh-uh. Abel. Abel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we lost the... We lost the, uh, the Inside fifty count um, pretty comprehensively as well. Oh really? Yet, yeah, we had really good conversion on the weekend. Yep, four goals That's for right. our man Eddie Betts. Mm. Ah, the uh, Eddie the Betts. Uh, might I say the uh, highest goal kicker on the Adelaide list. Betts. <laughs> yes, on the payroll. <laughs> on the payroll. Sorry, not the Adelaide list. The Adelaide We're, payroll. Adelaide payroll, which is pretty fun. Yeah, I think we've got arguably claim. Like I think. You know, Dan Butler and um, uh, your recruits in the off-season, Dan Butler and Brad Hill and, and, um, and of course, Zach Jones uh, playing exceptional football. Mm. Um, but I think... Not Brad that, Hill on the weekend, though. Sorry, not Brad Hill on the weekend. <laughs> but I think that uh, I think that Betts, Martin and Pitnett should all three be in the conversation for Recruit of the Year. Absolutely. Uh, 100% Martin's Martin's not played a bad game. Really nicely. He's so good, oh. isn't he? He, he brings eight something score else. involvements? Yeah, that's so good. That's awesome, dude. Um, he's really given something to your club, hasn't he? And he's always been great. Um, I love watching him play. Blues are fun, man. It's not Blues often. It's not often you get to say that. I got another one, uh, another headline uh, from the Saints Fremantle game. Um, it was Brett Ratton's birthday uh, during the game, which I don't know if you noticed when they had the coverage. They really didn't mention it very much. No. Um, <laughs> but I thought with that uh, Banfield kick 
to the, the Banfield goal. Is it Bailey Banfield? Um, yeah. Yep. Ba- yeah, kicked, that's right. He, he kicked a couple of important goals. He kicked one banana snap and and um, got Frio. But then there was one right towards the end where he, he buried it. Um, it was a really high pressure moment. The Saints were really coming and it kind of, it almost put it out of reach. Not quite, but it, it, you could see the visible kind of deflation on the field from St Kilda. So I had um, uh, Bain, Banfield bullet bursts Brett's birthday bubble. Oh, hey, the alliteration is just on point. It makes it, it's quite hard to say. Each week <laughs> when you give me one of these spicy headlines, I write them down for my vocal warm-ups. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I need to get the bees. Banana versus Brett's birthday bubble. All right. <laughs> um, and that it did, oh, though. It did. You could it nearly did. fit bath water in there, but water... Mm, I don't know. We'll look it up later. <laughs> something to work yeah, on. <laughs> there's something there. Um, what other... Is there any other footy news from the week that you want to talk about? I guess... What else uh, we got? Jordan, Jordan Lewis's comments about um, Alistair Clarkson during the week. You're a little spicy. Hit me up with Jordan's comments. See what he's talking Clarko to, to the Ds. What yeah. We well... Firestarter? It was... To be fair, yeah, for start, he's certainly a little match. Um, we look, it was really blown out of proportion by most of the media organisations. Um, in that he said all he really said was, uh, if Alistair Clarkson doesn't have the will to rebuild, then they should think about changing coach now. Because which is an obvious thing to say, if he doesn't want to do the rebuild, then you should definitely get a new coach in because they need to do a rebuild. Fair, um, yeah. But it was then, a, then of course, it was blown out of proportion to be. Um, uh, Jordan Lewis calls for Clarko's head, you know, and and then then it wasn't long before people were speculating about whether or not Alistair Clarkson would uh, which club he'd go to if he was if he finished up at Hawthorne and oh he's gonna he's, he'll definitely be on to Melbourne that's the perfect fit da, 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 da. it's like oh my god that was that was an hour's a long time in football when that when that kind of uh, lack of proportion enters into the discussion. It feels like every year as well they they talk about Clarko going to another club and doing the thing. He's been coaching at Hawthorne for twelve years. Yeah, since two thousand and eight yeah. or thirteenth year, I guess. Um, there you go. But it's time for, to go to Melbourne. I'm calling it. It must be. Yeah. Man. <laughs> uh, Back to the f- yeah. I I could see it. Uh, maybe. I could see that being. I mean, any anyone would like to have Alistair Clarkson, but yeah, in yeah. terms of like lists that are good on paper but are underperforming that you'd feel like a good coach would be able to get a lot more out of or not sorry that that implies that Simon Goodwin's not a good coach I guess I don't, I don't know, know if he is Simon yeah. Goodwin is a good coach I'm, I don't know I'm not sure I don't really know yeah. what a good coach necessarily is apart from the ones that are obviously their yeah. track record proves that they're great coaches I'd like to think that we've got a good coach at the Saints now from the way that he conducts himself but and I guess he's got a pretty good track record but it's hard to know what a really a good coach is well the fact that he's been hired by two clubs to be the head coach and the fact that he's stayed in the industry for as long as he has at, at a successful club as well hopefully implies that he's a good coach yeah um speaking of good coaches yes uh in the geelong game uh upset victory over brisbane oh, gee, uh, during a, the weekend my goodness um, the geelong coaching staff were uh coaching in the dark there's a couple of shots where they went to the box and uh, they were coaching with the lights off. So I thought um, I thought maybe a headline for that could be Chris Scott coaches lights out. He, <laughs> that's so strange. That's Isn't really it? odd. And he Weird. did. He did coach he the did. lights out. It was a he 10 did. goal. The Lions burst out of the gate and they were dominating, much like this, very reminiscent of the St Kilda-Fremantle game. But mm. Fremantle, uh, St Kilda and the Lions dominating and then both uh, Geelong ended up kicking 10 in a row just turned it around as obviously Frio. And I think that it was had quite a quarter of footy. 
my goodness, wasn't it? It was incredible. But gee, that what the, what's the strategy there? What's the what's the strategy behind the the, uh, the dark coach's box? Is it that you can't mm. you can't read the lips of Chris? What's he saying? I can't see. Is it that is it hiding his like pack of snakes that he's got under the table? There's little energy, hit, little sugar hits, or is it something else? Is it a strategy to tame these lions? You dark, you blacken out the lights. They can't see as much. Ooh. Get confused. Cats could, be lions. Be. Who's the yeah. real cat? Up in the, the up in the up in the harbour town, putting the lions to sleep, maybe mm-hmm. lulling them into a, a sense of uh, tiredness. The lights are out. They're all young. So yeah. in the jungle, know, the mighty it's... jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. <laughs> in the city, the harbour city, the lion sleeps tonight. <laughs> 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 that could be it. <laughs> it must be. It that. must be that. <laughs> well, Geelong are a very superstitious club. You know, spooky, I've got man. a little. I've got a little thing to go into about that later. But they, they speaking of podcast and footy voodoo, they they are on mm-hmm. that. They are on that uh, that tram. Yeah, they they they're are. Full of that uh, so maybe voodoo. it's maybe it's some sort of superstition that is. I don't know. Maybe it's something it's, they do at the SCG. I don't, I don't know. It's in, it well could be. Well, I know. I know. I certainly in this game. So full credit to Geelong. Couple things I, I noted from the game. One thing: Patrick Dangerfield. He's a good player. You heard it here what? first, and you Sorry, don't. Uh, wanna... I'll write that name down. His name's Sorry. Patrick Dangerfield. Pretty Danger. cool name, I know. Yeah. Danger. <laughs> Dan- I call Danger. Him. Mm-hmm. Well, could be a good nickname for him, like um, Patty or something. Patty Danger. Hey, what about Danger <laughs> Pat? Danger mm-hmm. Pat. <laughs> don't touch me. Um, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> um, but anyway, risky, were... risky Paddock. Is Ris- that like <laughs> Dangerfield? Risky Paddock. Pat at your own risk. Um, <laughs> put your yeah. Put your hand through. The yeah, cage. but. Don't aggravate mm. Paddy Dangerfield. There's yeah, there's, oh, that's the uh, that's the crux of this bullshit. That he's um yeah, yeah don't aggravate him because he uh I think he's he can tear the game away just, from you. Yes, with his claws, he'll claw <laughs> the game back onto his terms. Um, yeah, he's good, man. <laughs> but no, I, they were roughing him up. They really and they they came with some intention to give him a bit of a rough up, and he just um thrived on that as. Uh, Someone else who was looking to uh, murder someone on Thursday yeah, night. Yeah, cause a bit of grievous bodily harm. If, if I will, if you may, was Gary Rowan. Yeah, my Gary goodness. GBH Rowan. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, he's, uh, he was out for blood. He was. He, he, he really was. And uh, I don't think he... He obviously didn't cop any time because there's a lot of... In the media this week, there's a lot of bumps no. that cop some scrutiny, obviously. Shield, Long. Uh, Big week else. for bumps. Marlon Big bump week. Big bump week. Um. Yeah. So he didn't cop any time, but gee, he was wanting. Uh, Ebert presence, as well. He had that Ebert. That's right. Hit. That's yeah. right. Yeah. His presence was felt. Um, was. Uh, yeah. He. So was uh, his hip and shoulder. Solid unit, man. Yeah. I they, reckon. No. Here's a hot take for you. Give it to um, me. It's almost as though the media and the footy, the doyens of football, have been saying for the last I don't know three or four weeks that the game's shit to watch and that the players need to do better and play better. And it's I think it's the players' response to kind of try and play harder and make it more entertaining and you know and and commit a bit extra. And I think it's you know it's hard it'd be a hard line to ride that one. I think and it always has been if you've got a physical approach to your game. There's always been a, a line that is a difficult one to walk. Um, and I think that a few players didn't walked on the wrong side of it, and, and it's coincided with the AFL, uh, of course, cracking down on, on on the action and and the idea of head high contact and, and bumping that way, which is, I mean, I don't know. It, people are talking about it as though there's something really wrong with the game. I think it's just the players feeling like they're, they're trying to get a little bit extra. And it's also we're in a fucking pandemic. I just think that like. 
I know it's been talked about a lot with the crowds and everything, but so much I think of underperforming or of, of a, a lack of a vibe in a game is because that game might normally have 80,000 people there yelling and screaming and giving their energy and giving their all. And that makes a massive difference. I think you nearly need to put most chats on hold that are about the state of the game when like the state of the world is at question. Too right. And same goes with the holding the ball kind of reinterpretation. I think the hysterics around this uh, rule kind of slight tweak uh, are so overblown. Let's give let's give all the players, let's give all the coaches, let's give all the umpires at least another month just to kind of come to terms with it and, and find the middle ground, feel it out, try it out, find the middle ground, and it'll be fine. Like, I reckon the intent to change the rule is the right one. I think that um, it, it can probably lead to a more uh, fast-flowing scoring game if, if it's depending on how it works out but I think it could um, I think we just need a bit more time to get a bit of a bigger sample size before we start condemning the umpires and 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 oh the players don't even know I don't even know yeah it, what if that's holding the ball or not well the thing is BT you never knew if that was holding the ball because you don't know the fucking rules that's the thing about the commentators in on the TV networks in Australia there's so many of them that don't really know the rules it's actually and just absurd. assume they do it's absurd where else in the world do you have professional commentators looking at the game and don't know the rules <laughs> oh man imagine, imagine being in England and not knowing how to offside works it actually makes no sense the amount of times that there is it's up for debate amongst the pros in the AFL media and they don't know or there's no answer or like can you do that one can you rub the ball down with your tail BT it's actually <laughs> Wild. Wouldn't you think that that's a prerequisite for being a commentator? Or every year you have to sit down and you every have to year learn you should the rules. go back and you to go read over the, the new rules. ones, the yeah. detail, the nuance. Absolutely. Well, well, I'm all I'm all for doing less merely. But if I was on the <laughs> TV, if I was commentating, I would certainly be getting that shit together. I know we've got our fake radio show here right now, <laughs> uh, but gee, man, it's it's one of the only. Yeah, one of the only um, sporting. We tend not to go into rules though, because we, no. it's not our area of expertise. We don't. Whereas know. if you're trying to, if you're the one who's the the conduit between the game and the fan, being the commentator on national television, it's your fucking duty <laughs> to yeah. know the rules. That is literally that's, a job. That's that's it. Did you know what I um, I noticed just on this Geelong game? We'll move on in a moment. But mm. I, I there was a, a player there that I was like, who is? Sam Simpson. They kept on calling ah. this Simpson character, and they were like, "Oh, he hasn't played for a while," and the and he had it. Right? Everyone knows Sam Simpson, the cousin mm. of this Bart and Lisa and Maggie. Um, <laughs> Sam Simpson. He. So I did. I did a little. He's got a basketball background. He's an American yeah. exchange recruit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> Good basketball background. Seems to have more space than other players. Somehow. Bad genes, though. Yeah. Yeah. Went to the school of uh, Scott Penderbury. Do you know ah. he actually played a bit of basketball in his juniors? If you didn't know, sorry, really. Scott Penelope. Yeah, Scott Penelope played a bit of basketball in his juniors. Um, okay, so Sam Simpson, though mm. uh, cousin mm. of uh, Simpson, he I did a little deep dive, not too deep, careful, and he medium dive, a medium dive, a short dive, careful, yeah. watch your back. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But he was so he was drafted in 2016, pick 53 under the father son rule. Oh, right. So he's mm-hmm. Mr. Simpson, Papa Simpson. Um, Sean Simpson was his father's name. 
Um, I so, see. Right? So Sam played the, 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 the recent Simpson, the one we're talking about now, the Simpson in yes. question. He played yes. six games between in 2017 and I think one in 2018. Then he's had to wait about 600 odd days, a couple of Ooh. years, a couple of years, Ooh. some bushfires and a pandemic in between. <laughs> And he's he's played again, and he's just had a cracking game. It was awesome he to watch. He did have a cracking. He was he was arguably best on ground in right? for the Cats against yep. in a game that has uh, the Brisbane Lions and Geelong playing. Yeah. You could list easily fifteen players who you would think twenty players who would come before right. little known Sam Simpson. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, there mate, are two. Was, there are, yeah, he was um oh, he was elite he was brilliant. for disposals, kicks, handballs, marks. And tackles and above averages for total clearances, which is ah oh, well, you know, who cares? As soon that? as he cl- as soon as he cleans up his total clearances, then I'll then he'll be in the conversation. But um, so and then and then a little bit of funny, like if I may do a bit of history, Emil. Um, <laughs> oh, hey. I've been waiting for this moment. Yeah, yeah it. it's only taken thirty odd episodes to me to give you something to give back. <laughs> um, he uh, so his dad Sean Simpson, so he's drafted by mm-hmm. the Saints. Oh, in nineteen eighty eight. So we had a chance to get a young Simpson on our list, but uh, of course, in very in true St Kilda fashion, we traded him away. So he, he was 88, came to the Saints. He had to wait until his... How many seasons till he got a win, Emil? Oh, how many seasons until he got a win? Mm. Ooh, um, gee. Uh, 88. Two. Three years till he got a Three win. Three years. Three years until he won a game. He didn't play oh. every game over that period. No, no, naturally. But he still had to wait for three years to get a win. And then he was delisted and picked up by a, quote, much stronger side in Geelong. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. It's just true. And he went on to play, appear in 10 finals with the club, oh. uh, played over 100 games, and history keeps repeating with Geelong taking another Kenny pick in the late round. We love Sam Simpson. Go Saints. It's pretty It's pretty much Geelong all over. That's right. Pick 50-something, pick another whoever. He plays 100 games, a bunch of finals, and, and then the Saints are shit. <laughs> I guess as a recruiter, and they've done this better than most from what I've seen, they must just, I mean, obviously they do their research uh, into the players going into the draft, but they must just kind of earmark a dozen players who are likely to, and probably if they slip past their pick or whatever, go to other clubs and just be like, oh, well, we don't know if they rate them as highly as we do. Let's just see how they develop over the next couple of years. And as as soon as they uh, move on this player, we're going to we're going to swoop on in. This is Stephen Wells for you. They've the been, cat will get the cream, and it did. And they and they and they got the cream again against the the big cats and the lions. So true. Yeah, they did. Yeah, the cats. Oh, I had a, had a had a line for this. Something about um. Oh, there. Where is it? Oh, yeah. Lions tamed the cats. Collar cubs. Collar cubs. Collar the cubs. They, yeah, they collar them. They truly did. <laughs> they did. We had a regular um. <clears throat> Um, oh, what are their names? What's the what's the lion tamer dudes? One of them just died recently. Ringmasters, yeah, is that Ringmasters? Uh, yeah. Oh man, I should like have looked up their names. Barnum and Bailey type. Oh no, Siegfried and Roy. Siegfried and Roy. Yeah, there yeah. we go. I think one of them passed away recently. No, not Siegfried. Oh, oh hopefully not. Hopefully not. Let's hope it's Roy. Everyone's yeah. second favorite. We one. hate Roy. I like, <laughs> Bring the, back I like the lions more than Roy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unless you call, of course, you're talking about Fitzroy. Naturally, the lions. Um, <laughs> the lions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mate. So that, that pretty big week in football, right? Do we? Uh, there's a, there's a lot. There's, there's a lot, lot going on. It's day to day stuff. It is. And how do we feel? Do you have any? Do you have any other uh, other notes from the week, or are we? Uh... Um, Isaac Rankin. Oh, got to talk about Isaac Rankin. 
How do we how do we miss that? <sighs> Whew. Oh my goodness, wow. Matt Rowell, who far I, out? Yeah, Noah Rowell. It's it's mm. all about Isaac Rankin now. I'm um, ranking him. Yeah, dude, he's unreal. And we've talked about him last year on the pod and the year before because that was when he was drafted in 2018 before yeah. we'd even created this incredible radio Behemoth. show. Behemoth. Yeah. <laughs> that is the AFL. The media empire. <laughs> AFL Eloquence podcast. Still yeah. difficult to say. Um, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get any easier. Nope. Oh, he's... he's Isaac Rankin's a star. That's his first game and all three of his goals. I, I, I can't, yeah, he kicked three goals. He's got a... He did. Uh, 12 touches. Mm, a few touches. Look it yeah. up. And, some touches. And he... Yeah, gee. Every one of his goals was worthy of a, a, of a highlight. They were all that's a, amazing. That's a career highlight. Like the start of a career highlight reel. Uh, you know? It actually is. And he's already got a pretty impressive one from his junior years because he's played senior football for SA in 2018. So he's been playing oh, against men hell. for the last two or so years and he's just had an injury-interrupted hamstring issues last year and now he finally gets a debut the week after <clears throat> they lose Matt Rowell. And then you've got this guy who comes in who could be one of their best players as well. It's, it's pretty awesome. The Gold Coast are apparently everyone's favourite team now. Somehow. Well, the Gold Coast is a good place to be at the moment. It is. It's a safe place mm. to be. Hub That's life, right. baby. Hub life. Yeah, Rankin, man. Oh, God, it's exciting. And good for Melbourne as well. Good for Melbourne. Yeah, Get that monkey off the back. Good win. Uh, win, win that game. Yep. Nothing to scoff at, though. Gold Coast, no, no. They're, not, they're not a bad team this year. This, this year, no, anything no, can no, happen. No. So that, they're pretty solid, and that is a good win to get them off the mark. I also wonder, Yes. with Max Gorn being the sole captain this year for mm. Melbourne, um, is... Uh, in this match, we had Jared Lyons and Max Gorn both captaining their side, both Ruckman. I'm, I was just trying to think about it the other day. When's the last time I oh, saw that? Jared Witts and Max Gorn, yes. Sorry, yeah, Jared yeah. Witts and Max yes. Gorn. Who did I uh, Jared anyway. Lyons, former Yeah, sorry, Suns Jared Witts player. and Max Gorn. Yes. He played for half, to, half of the teams, Jared Lyons. Yeah, right. Um, no, not in the Ruck, though, ever. Not in the Ruck. He'd be a very short Ruck. Pinch hitting <laughs> in the Ruck, Jared Lyons. Yeah, worse than... Contested shorter than Grig. Midfielder, yes. Much shorter than Grig. Yeah, so I wasn't... I was just trying to... Th- I hadn't. I couldn't think of the last time I had seen two Ruck captains squaring off against each other. It's yeah. a rare thing. It's, you, it, don't it, re- it, you rarely it, see Ruck, Ruck, uh, Ruck captains. Yeah, Ruckton's. Ruckton's. Cap, 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 back, cap back. I can't think ever. No. Mil- I'm sure it's there somewhere in the the hundred and something year history that this game has. But sure. my brain, you know, normally it's a brain full of stats and useless things. But it doesn't have this one in there. I've ran through the back catalogue and it's not there. But we'll find well, let's, out. Let's let's put a little asterisk in that one, like this season, Pop and we'll in. go back and look it up and uh, let you know next week. There we go. Maybe, if I remember. If we remember. Thank you, listeners. (laughs) All right. Um, Okay. One last thing before we get into our tips. And that's because we talk about them every week because they're one of our our favorite clubs, the Giants. Um, The Giants really dropped their bundle. And it was kind of, you could see it, you could see the signs last week with the low forward fifties entry, forward 50 entries. Their um, efficiency inside 50 really disguised the the kind of red flags that should have put up, but um yeah, their midfield's not firing at the moment. But. Yeah, they're um last in the league for inside fifties, um and as you said, when they were incredibly accurate and consist um consistent in converting those inside fifty entries against Hawthorne, that was a great display. But that was one of the most accurate. I think that was it topped the uh, 
top the league for um for conversions inside 50 so you can't do that every week but yeah so something's going off in their midfield isn't it cogs is looking like a shadow of himself i don't know he the, is i put it i put it down to for him it could be a few things but i know that he's someone who seems to thrive on the on the crowd thing and we touched on it earlier on in, in the pod but maybe he is one of those players who really misses it i know he doesn't get eighty thousand at giant stadium every week but you know he loves a bit of a celebration pop the old mask on when he's when he's kicked a goal, I don't know. Mm. It might be something that there's, I don't know, there's something's missing in their midfield, though. Yeah, he hasn't looked like it all year, has he? Maybe it's something the weight of the captaincy. Well, should have given it to Mumford. There's something in that. There is Big something in that. Should have rucked on captain. There, there'll be three in the AFL. There we Bloody go. hell. We love that. We do love that. All right, well, the, the GWS are on a, a watch and wait for us both, I think. Yeah, we're watching you, Giants. Yeah, we are. We thought you were going to be something else, but. Still maybe. could be. No, you Still could be. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Should we get into our tips, Emil? Yeah, let's do our tips. Let's do our tips. Um, this week, starting tonight in... Whew, Oof, it's, getting, six, it's getting sooner six by hours. the minute. <laughs> <It's Yeah. laughs> six hours, baby. This will be up uh, too. First game in Perth. Oh, wow. Yep. Uh, apart from round one. It's the Cats taking on the Pies... Uh, two teams in some form from last week, and I'm backing Collingwood in this game. Yep, um, it's the Pies for me as well, and maybe it's just uh, me underestimating Geelong again, like many people do over these last few years. But I think that Geelong, you know, that the last time they played, Geelong beat them in the finals last year by a pretty slim margin, 10 points. Yep. But they got Dugowie back, they got Dacos back. I, th- I think there's a bit more on the line for the Pies, and they're a damn good side. A few weeks ago, they easily looked like the best side to me, and then they had you know their issues, their well-publicised issues uh, that we will dig deeper on, Alex Mansell. Um, oh, yes. It's coming. <laughs> we're, gonna di- we're digging. It's taken a while. We've actually got to get another shovel. It's, That's how much do. digging there is. Um, it's deep, and there's lots of it. It's a lot. I need a pickaxe. It, there's a lot. Anyway, we'll get there. But I think this week, yep. Yeah, it's the pies for me as well. For our other listeners, we're, we're talking about a, we're doing a little segment in a few weeks' time about uh, all the scandals that have hit the pies over the last I don't know twenty years really since since the Victoria Park era really yeah turn of the um, century pies yeah man I love the pies this week I, wa- I loved watching that game um, they played man they played with some fight and they played with such hard work always they were spreading hard they were tackling hard. Um, and that, the hard work was kind of visible and consistent across every line. All the players kind of took that whole team pressure on and it, it just worked for them. And I don't think, like when I think about watching Collingwood over the last, certainly since Nathan Buckley and, and even really with Mick Malthouse for, for a period, they've ne- they don't really structure their sides around superstars. Like they've had them, you know, Pendlebury, you know, um, Grundy, Sidebottom, they're, they're star players, but they don't tend to structure their game plan that I've noticed around them. They, they, they really tend to hard work seems to be the ethos of the club, both on and off the field, um, which is kind of, I think it's good. It's, it's a solid identity that they've built up. Yeah. Another thing about, sorry, sorry. I just want to say, yeah, you want to, you want to have that champion team, don't you? Over a team of champions. And they, they actually kind of have both. They've got so many individual stars, as you said, but they don't, they don't rely on them. You can have quiet games for some of these stars and you don't, you don't really notice or because uh, there's so many other players that can step up and just fill the role. 
And those drafts, uh, those draftees, those um, debutants mm. for the Pies, weren't they hot oh, stuff? Oh, yeah. Uh, Isaac Quainer might not have been a debutant, but he was... Or was he? Uh, not sure, not sure. But the other three were. Yeah, good stuff. Really, really good awesome. Stuff. He's yeah. awesome off the halfback, Isaac Quainer. IQ. Yeah. Oh, yeah. IQ. He's got some And IQ. doesn't he have high IQ? Footy IQ. Oh, yeah. He makes such he good does. decisions. Really does. Just makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you trust him if you're a Collingwood fan coming up to the halfback. Um, there was something I want to touch on with this, though. Um, yeah, it was a really awkward moment. Bruce McAvaney, when Isaac Quainer, he took the ball in the halfback and really good gather and um, and, and, and disposal. He kicked it. Um, and Bruce McAvaney said, uh, gee, uh, I love the way this boy kicks the ball. That's what he said. Yes. And... I don't reckon he was using it as a racial slur. In fact, I'm very confident that he wasn't using it as a slur because straight afterwards you can kind of hear him realise what he said. And then he said, he's a really good young man. Young man, yeah. Yeah. And he and the rest of the commentary team kind of moved on pretty quickly. Um, And like I said, I don't think it's malicious, but I was just thinking about it more and it it stuck with me after the game. And I, I just think that we all know that you don't and you can't call a person of colour a, man, a male person of colour, boy, you just can't do that. Um, and I think that they realise that, Bruce McAvaney realised that straight afterwards, but I think that the better move is to address it because although we all know that it's probably meant with positive intent as a young man, mm. people are still going to hear that. His family is still going to hear that. Other members of um, the community or, or, you know, these games are being televised in the States as well. People are going to hear that. It's so much better to address that when you've misspoken rather than sweep it under the rug. And I yeah. just wanted to point that out. Yeah, because we both noticed it. And, and two white boys sitting in, in Australia, uh, it peaks both of our woke as we Woke as we are, yeah. Incredibly woke. I've only had to have two coffees this morning to wake me up. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a bit off, wasn't it? He had a, It wasn't as much as a, as a full-on Burt Newton, Muhammad Ali moment. Mm. Um, gee, that was a moment too. They got his head punched it? in. Wouldn't that have been fun? Punching Muhammad Bert Ali Newton just building Bert Newton's <laughs> moon face out out to the to the stars. Um, yeah, I can I completely agree, but that's the way that that should have been handled. He moved on swiftly and absolutely it was. I don't think there was any malicious intent, but you can't you can't call a person of color boy. Um, so that's probably the best way to address these things now is to you know remedy that and, and address it immediately. But Mm. I didn't hear any rumblings through the week though, hey. No, it's just a good to note and go, this is where we need to do better. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll hopefully the, I mean, f- the footy commentary, we, we know this is why we started the podcast really is well, yeah. we find the conversation it's in the commentary around football really frustrating. Yeah. Um, and we would like to see some shifts in terms of, you know, representation. broadcast skills, representation, yeah. um, knowing the rules. Yeah. When you get... Literally, it says when you, when like fucking Wayne Carey or someone's talking, it'll say expert commentator underneath his name. Wayne Carey is not an expert commentator. He's an expert football player. It's a different thing. He can't call the Melbourne Cup or whatever. Like, you know, it frustrates me, doesn't it? Because they're not expert commentators. I'd rather see trained commentators and media performers or whoever, you know, maybe have your token AFL player there as well. Or the ones that have good insight. Your Nick Rewalts of the world. Your Bob Murphys. I don't know. Not your, yeah, BTs and Wayne Careys. And funnily enough, if you're a star player, it's rare that you'll be a star 
in the media and he'd be a really good media performer. There are plenty of players who uh, were not that great but actually are perform really well in that environment but they don't get them on the coverage it's yeah it's infinitely frustrating it it's a fucking boys club and it's a not only that but it's like a forwards club as well it's just yeah it is a forwards club goals yeah. if you kick goals yeah and if you've got a big dick energy you're on the panel <laughs> that's it yeah that is honestly At, one of the reasons or if you're cameron ling <laughs> Or if you're Cameron Ling, you could have a tagger on there. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. That is one of the reasons why we started this. Emil and I's in, initial intention was to either do a podcast or we really want to do down the line somewhere some commentary. Well, I don't even know if we've mentioned this in the pod, but we wanted to do no. a, little, a little live commentary that we do. You know, sync the bounce now and, and then, yeah. Yeah. Watch it back on replay on KO and yeah, do, yeah, that's right. We we've had many ideas about how we would do this, or if we'd try and live stream and you know on a radio on a community radio uh, network and then sync it up, or I don't know. This is something we're going to work on. But what way to cut our teeth with a podcast for a couple of years, and then maybe you'll see us on the airways in uh, I don't know another year or so's time. But um, this is one of the reasons because we we're very frustrated by it. It's nearly embarrassing sometimes if you have the volume up louder and you're hearing some of these people talk. It's like it's great when they're talking about the actual game or giving you insight. But when they're rambling about other stuff, it, I couldn't give two fucks about what. Yeah. Brian Taylor over the weekend talking about, oh, the, the club got rid of their number one, two and three jumper. And then the, they've got a new one, two and three. It's really rare that they're like, I don't care. No. A little bit of, a little bit of, uh, you want some backstory. You want some kind of interest stories, but golly. Uh, bit of insight. I don't want to hear. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. T tell me something <laughs> useful. Yeah. Come on. All right. Um, back to the tips. Back to the tips. Uh, tip, 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 tip. That, thanks for going with us on that little tangent, everyone. Essendon v the Bulldogs uh, up on the Gold Coast, the only coast, at 7.50 on Friday night. Um, this game, I reckon, is going to be a corker as well. we got two hot games to start the round. The beauty of the floating fixture, Bart, yeah, that's true. You can you don't know who you're going to play week to week, but you can the, the fixture, they can... They can line up some cracking games. You can keep some rivalries going. You can, you know, you can... If something spicy in the media a week or so ago, let's match them up. Let's Absolutely. get them to play each other in a fortnight or in a week's time just to, yeah. you know... Have yeah. it out on the field. Exactly. Um, uh, I reckon I'm going to back the dogs in this game. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to... I'm going to back them to respond after last week against Carlton. Um, they were pretty on, but they weren't. They obviously um, outplayed, so they're going to work work their way into this. And Essendon are in good form, but I think they're probably due. Only lost one game so far this year, and it's only by a point. So, and that was to a very, very good side as well. So, well, if you look at who we've beaten this year, yeah, that form's stacking the up. Catters, yeah. you, yeah, you've beaten top four sides at the moment. We have things been. are looking good, and I'm with you there, Emil. I think the Bulldogs. Um, and only you know only because of this, they have a cracking record against Essendon over the last couple of years. I don't know if that means too much in this wild season, but it got, it's got to count for something. They don't they, mean nothing. Yeah, it don't mean nothing merely. And I, I think they I think they'll they'll win because of that great record. I also think the Dons are due for a loss. It nearly feels like this season if someone's won three games in a row, write them in for an L the next week. Pop your house on it. So in this instance. Pop your house, Emil, that beautiful house in Carlton North, on the dogs. I'm sure my landlord will be happy with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, owner, owner what? of your front. <laughs> what? He lost a house in some bet. Some backyard great, Carlton North <laughs> yeah, bookmaker. Great rental history. He's never done any, never put a, a foot wrong. Not a foot wrong. Um, uh, all right, starting out for Super Saturday. Uh, at one, what is it, 45? 
Yeah, one forty-five. Uh, Giant Stadium. It's the Giants at home against the Lions. Another mm. fucking cracking game, I reckon. Boy, yeah, there's a, it's a lot. There's a lot, isn't there? It is. Um, I found this one the hardest to tip so far. Um, yeah, I'd like you to talk first because I, I want to hear what your argument is because I might change sure. my mind. It's pretty simple, but it's it's the Lions and it's because they have a better midfield at the moment. That's the simple story. I really don't know. It's a massive coin toss. And as I, I reiterate my top note from this weekend, which was, I know nothing about football. So <laughs> I'm, um, I'm going to go for the Lions because of that. And yeah, the low inside 50s, lowest in the league for the Giants. Yes. And then their midfield doesn't look uh, as good at the moment. And they've come off a loss, so they might, they'll want to respond, but so have the Lions. So I think the, the Lions, Lions have a good back line as well. So if they've got that, level of inside 50 then they're not going to be able to convert well uh, at the same the rate that they'll need to to win that game i hear that logic i'm going to back the giants though because i am not i like i think the lions like playing at home and fair enough uh you get crowds there and they've been based there for most of the season so far uh, and you can get used to that and i reckon that um i reckon the travel thing and the the home ground advantage and with the limited fans that are allowed will still have an impact cogs will cogs will have a big game this that's my that's my pick lock it in my friend uh-huh. Yeah, I like that. I can see in an each-way world how that could happen. <laughs> well, if we weren't going to call this show AF Eloquence, we would have, should have called it Each Way. Each Way. Yeah. With Bartwell. <laughs> where, where, where you learn nothing. Yeah. It's just a confusing uh, hour and 20 minutes what? of he rambling. He just said this and the other one said... Oh, I don't know God. who to pick. I'm actually tipping <sighs> a draw every, every game. Every money. Just tip, just tip the home team. It's fine. Tip the home team. Um, 4.35, also in Sydney. It's a bloody... Well, this could be the last last games in Sydney for a little while. Well, it's going to be um, a Queensland game, the spiritual home of football at the Gabba. That's right. Um, at 4.35 at the SEG, Sydney and the Gold Coast. Um, I'm back in the Gold Coast. I'm also back in the Gold Coast. Sydney barely has a team. Yep. Um, injuries to Heaney and Kennedy on the weekend, not good. They might have a few Probably. ins back in, maybe McCartan and Reid. Those two are possibly in their top three, and if not, and then definitely in their top five Heaney, players. Kennedy. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then just experience as well. Both of them are, well, Kenny's a, sorry, uh, Kennedy is, Keeney. <laughs> Kennedy Keeney. is a, oh, Keeney. Um, oh, yeah. Keeney's a veteran, mate. He is. Um, yeah, and, and Heaney is, uh, you know, an awesome player as well. So, yeah, I, th- I think the Gold Coast, they're playing better football, playing better yep. team footy, and they've got Isaac Rankin. So, Matt who? Matt who? Uh, up on the Gold Coast. It's the Tigers and North um, in a game I'm not really caring that much about at the moment. I'm going to back Richmond um, only because North have been a bit shit last three weeks. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the Tigers still should be a level above. They they had a they, they got the win last week against the Swans and I think they'll get it against North who are just all over the shop. Yeah, I agree. I've got Tigers, but just. I don't think they're going to win by much. And it's only because I've watched North play the Tigers the last few years and they... They've cracked in. Last year, they played a really hard contested game against the Tigers and actually beat them. And it might have been... Oh, it was actually, I think it was that fresh coach bounce. It was Reece Shaw's That's first right. game. So That's that means right. nothing. The Tigers <laughs> are going to fucking win. Um, it's a statistical anomaly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, also, North haven't kicked over 60 points since their round two win against the Giants. So that's, that's tough if you're not kicking over 60. I know it's yeah. pretty small... Uh, uh, score. They're not massive scores this year anyway, but Ben Brown looks nowhere near it and they just they don't seem to be able to score goals 
No, uh, n- nor do the Tigers no. uh, at the moment. That's true. But last I week was a wet game as well. Four games sure. have been played. That were the fourth game that got played at the Gabba over the weekend. Yeah, the last game, right. and it was raining. So that that's going to be a slodgy old game. But yeah, sticky. Um, and I, I, there was a really great article in the ABC this week um, shared to us by Dylan Savile. Thank you, Dylan. Um, it was about the Tigers and the fact that, well, it's about the Tigers and speculating that teams have kind of worked out their their game plan um, which is fascinating. Give it a read. It talks about the way that teams are, are playing the Tigers, and I think there is something to that. If you're the best team in the comp for three years in a row, then the, your game plan is going to get looked at, analysed, and, and people are going to come up with a plan to combat it. And I think that's what's happening um, with the Tigers at the Mo, and I think that they're going to keep struggling to score all year because of that. Um, next game. <laughs> <Sorry>. Cool. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> next game uh, on the Sunday. Um mm. Uh, at one, if Saturday's Super Saturday, what's Sunday? Special Sunday? Sabbath Sunday. Mm. Sabbath um, Sunday. Keeping yeah. it religious. Um, <laughs> mm. Slippery Sunday. It was pretty wet. Slippery. It was pretty wet. Um, spicy Sunday. Mm. Spicy Sunday. Oh, yeah. yeah have you got some good. hot games? It's up in Queensland now. Better temperature? Sure. Well, uh, no. The, the Sunday games are decidedly less interesting than the Saturday games. Oh. Um, with, <laughs> with the exception of this one, um, one o'clock at the Gab. Um, the, the the real G. <laughs> um, it's the Blues with a home game against Port Adelaide who've been up in hub life and this will be their last hub game for a little bit. Um, and you know what? After last week, there's no way I can't tip Carlton. I mean, I don't... Yeah, I, I don't think... I think it's a really even game and I think that Port have the runs on the board. But um, if, if you're not going to tip your team after that kind of performance, then you don't deserve to be a supporter. <laughs> That's true. And from what I learned... In the last week, from that logic, and when I tipped my team last week and had a crushing defeat and it emotionally tore me up, I'm going to tip Port. Tip Port Adelaide, <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, yep. For nothing other than that, my friend. And Port, Port are a good team, but I, and I'm rating how you guys are playing. But this is a perfect time for you to be let down. I hear that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if you've heard our song, Bart, but we're the team that never lets you down. Oh, that's so true. And you might want to. And re-examine. That's true. Yeah. And, you know, people never lie to you in song. Never. So, well, that's why you want... You, that's why we're going to change it to ABBA. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Yes. Yeah. More wins. That, gimme, gimme, gimme more wins. Gimme, gimme, gimme more wins. A win uh, after uh, uh, lockdown. Late, gimme, late gimme. night, though. Mm-hmm. Late night finishes after midnight. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that is a late... That's, well, we maybe, could own that time slot. The Blues could really, you know, make a thing of that. The Blues, L- yeah. Late Midnight night Blues. Dark. Midnight Blues. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we like that. Yep. Yep. Nice. That's, some, that's electric stuff. Maybe coaching from the, uh, under the cover of darkness. Get some tips from Chris Scott. This is something. Let's, there is something to that. Let's work on this later. We'll the send some Midnight things. Blues. Midnight Blues. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I'm into it. The Blues after midnight. After midnight. Um, at 3.30, uh, also at Giant Stadium, second game at the Giant Stadium of the week, it's Hawthorne and Melbourne. Um, oh, yeah. I'm going to tip the Demons um, because of last week's form. And I think that the Ds, I, I, you know, I'd, I'd quite like to see them um, not be shit because they've been shit. And it's, I feel bad. For them and their fans, they're a better team than that. They should be playing better, and let's 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 back them in this week. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I concur. Melbourne, I think the D's are going to win. Hawks are looking yeah. dire. No pattern really screwed their forward line last week, which is yeah, a bit, yeah. a bit uh, you know unavoidable, I guess. After you know he was injured in the, early in the game, the first quarter, um, but then they really couldn't find an avenue to go. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, they man. needed they needed three McAvoys last week. Um, yes. Did the Hawks? They had to had they had to play him behind the ball, and then um, uh, what's his name? Siegler was getting comprehensively beaten in the ruck. Siegler, and yeah, so they yeah, had to yeah. Segler, and so they had to move McAvoy into the ruck, and then they also played him forward, and he looked for a time the most dangerous forward for Hawthorne. It's like he's their okay. utility, isn't he? He's the yeah. Mister Fix It for Clarko, but <clears throat> you know you, you can only do so much if you're a big boy McAvoy. That's right. Which is a great trade, might I say, from St Kilda. Really, really good that uh, we traded for Luke Dunstan and Shane Savage, who are both chilling in the VFL. Um, <laughs> no, Luke Dunstan. They would, not they would be if the VFL was If the running. VFL was <laughs> running, they would be chilling there, but they're actually chilling in Noosa. Um, yeah. I think, um, what are we saying? What are we saying here? Oh, yeah. Both, both, in, both with Melbourne. Melbourne and um, good win, like we said, against Gold Coast. Nothing to be scoffed hmm. at. Um, 6.30, it's the Western Derby. I normally say Derby, but uh, they say the Derby over there, so I'll go with it. Uh, Frio's home game against the Eagles with the biggest crowd post-COVID. Uh, expected to be about 30,000 and, and there won't be, um, yeah, there won't be anyone. And there won't be any seats going begging. Obviously, sorry, there won't be any tickets going begging. Plenty of seats going begging. Social distance. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, that's what a what a privilege to be able to... Uh to, to be able to have that many fans in, that's pretty awesome. Um, Just got a notification as well. I think Nat Fife is out for this game. Oh, really? Okay. Because yep. we got, of course, we're doing this on a Thursday. It's two o'clock now. R- round one is closing in, but we don't have the teams for the rest of the week. So, but we, but Nat Fife, he's going to rest out again. Yeah, for that just, hamstring. I just got a notification. Yep, he's out. This just in. Hot take right here. Um, yeah, okay. I, I think that, um, I think West Coast will win. I think they finally finished crying and they're ready to win. Um, I think so too. Freo, honourable mention, because that was a great win last week, but they'll be sore. They, they've got yeah. obviously no Fife. They don't have Darcy. I don't reckon he should play. Uh, he nah. might be, but that was a big Oof. knock from Ben Long. Big hit. Yeah. How about, we've said how hard Ben Long is for a fair while now, and yeah, Sean Darcy certainly knows how hard Ben Long is. Well, maybe he does. Nice. He probably doesn't remember. Um, <laughs> and that, that was a bad hit. I felt a bit... Oof. Sick at the time, I he thought was it wasn't, there wasn't much in it. Yeah, at the time, I thought there wasn't much in it. But every time I see it again, I'm just like, oh, yeah. yeah. He's, gone, he's gone past the footy. But if that, he's, if that he's turned him, his back, Darcy was open completely. Yeah. And he kind of got shoved onto it as well. But it's, it is unfortunate that a man who's like over 200 centimetres had his head at Ben Long's hip level. Um, but that's what happens when you go for the ball, I guess. Um, that's right. If that was my head. Uh, if Sean Darcy, if I b- tried to knock Sean Darcy out with my hip, I would have a dislocated hip. <laughs> for real what you, what, yeah he's yeah. huge he's he's big massive big yeah um but big men fall hard um but i think that frio and they take time i think that frio did a, a cracking job but west coast just they've got that psychological uh, advantage as well yeah they're just gonna bully reckon, them over I, there i reckon frio will like they've stayed in even all their losses this year they've stayed in the game right the way through i think it'll be the same story this week they'll stay in it um yep. but the eagles have just a bit bit too much poison class and they just have better players uh in general they have more of them more better players (laughs) (laughs) that normally does the trick and they're starting to um to warm into the season all right and then of course they're back at home um so yeah Uh, one another thing sad sad loss for hayden young for frio um yeah who did the dreaded ankle syndesmosis which is um we're loving it at the moment the afl feels like every second it must be the torn up turf rolling your ankles like that yeah right Torn up grounds. I guess so. They're playing so many games at venues that don't normally have 
that many games just, played at them. And you just need to look. You just need to watch it. Divots bloody everywhere. Yeah, particularly on those. Yeah, some of those late games after a weekend of football and rain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Hayden Young's awesome. So that's that is it's sad news for them. But you know they'll bounce back. Good to see some of their young guns uh, step up. Yeah, the last couple of sure. weeks. It's looking yeah. good. Chera. Um, okay, and the last game of the round, Monday night, oh. first Monday game of the season. I nearly forgot, um, Neil. Did you? Nearly. I don't. Shouldn't have, because it's Ear Saints taking on the Crows at Adelaide Oval. Mm. And you know what? This I know you feel. I, I can see it in your eyes. And oh. I can hear it in your voice. I know you feel nervous about this, but don't worry Who, about it. Who me? Mm. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. If you hadn't look, if you hadn't won, sorry, if you hadn't lost this last weekend. I could see that nervousness and I'd share it with you. Mm. You had a loss last weekend. You're not going to lose this one against the Crows. It's normally the way it works, right? That's how I feel about it. But what do you, what do you, how do you feel about St Kilda never winning a game at Adelaide Oval? I feel like it's time to break that duck. This would be the time. Sorry, to it's right. time. That, I'm, sorry, that was a, I, I was talking about Wayne Kerry then. It's time <laughs> to fucking punch me in the face. Yeah, well, it's, no, it's time. <laughs> yeah, you do one at Adelaide Oval. We are. We have never won there. We are have the most terrible record against the Adelaide teams. We always play them in Adelaide. This fixture with its nature is, so this week we play Adelaide there and next week we play Port Adelaide there at Adelaide Oval, both with fans. Um, and it was meant to be Port in, it was the game's been, this following round has been uh, changed three times. It was China and then it was Marvel in, in Melbourne, which would have been great. First time since, I believe... 2013 when the Blues were in the eight. That was the last time we uh-huh. played them out of Adelaide because we can't fucking beat them in Adelaide. And now we're playing them in Adelaide next week. So that's fun. But on this game, uh, we don't we don't play well against the Crows and everything is lining up for it to be a perfect storm for the Saints to lose, you know. No, no, oh, don't talk like mate, that. But I dude, hear, but, but this is 2020 years. is a whole different year. It is. It no, makes sense for it to be the year where this wouldn't happen, but never winning at a ground before and then playing the bottom side who are without a win Winless, on a Monday yeah. night with yeah. a ground that has 50,000 capacity. They're allowed to what have are they gonna- 25,000. Sure. St Kilda are allowed to have 250 members in. That's fair. That's a 100 to 1 ratio of Crows fans to Saints fans. So we're going to have 24,500... No, 750. 750, <laughs> yeah. 24,750 Crows fans at the Adelaide Oval where we've never won against yeah. a team that's desperate for a win. Yeah, I know. there's a few things there that make me a bit worried, but I hope it's the, a different year, merely. And I'm going to fucking pick the Saints, but my gosh. Yeah. The Saints are got to be as desperate for that win. It's going to keep them in the eight. If we they're, not, if they're not if they're not, desperate for that win... You write us off, right? Well, or what are they doing week. in the eight? <laughs> yeah, that's week. right. I've only been there for a week, but what are they doing in the eight if they don't bloody fair. bring it to Adelaide? Honestly, though. It's actually if fair they can't, enough. If they can't put away the bottom side who are playing... Widely regarded as the worst footy in the league at the moment. Who then, knows? They yeah, could have they, they could have a miraculous turnaround Adelaide, but I don't see it. We'd it's, be the ones. Just, their form is real and it's shite. Yeah, it's not good. And they lost Captain Rory Sloan goes out as well during the week. So, and we may get back a few players. We're gonna they're gonna make a statement. Brett Ratton says Hanbury may be coming back, which is uh, a lot sooner than anyone thought. I'm not sure if this is uh, won't know till tomorrow, of course, but. Yeah, mate, we need to win this game. Ooh, it'll be a long bus ride back to Noosa after. Uh... <laughs> you know, they're going back to Noosa. I know. By the way. I know. Do you they should that? stay in Adelaide, but they're not allowed, are they? I think they are allowed. 
Then they should start. They're in choosing to go back to Noosa on the same day, and then they uh-huh. and then they, it's a four day turnaround. Then they go back to Port Adelaide. Uh, well, Noosa, Noosa, Noosa is the Moorabbin of Queensland. That's right, it is, and we want to be close to our spiritual homes. Uh, well, that's oh, uh, that's our tips for the week. Shit, that's it. Hey, well ooh. done, us. We did. Hello. It. Yeah. Um, no real history this week. Well, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of uh, voodoo podcast voodoo for you. Spooky history. Um, spooky history. Bit of, maybe maybe a little bit of history. Um, this is this comes from an article on the Geelong website that was published uh, 2015. It's all about. Uh, this is also from Dylan Savile. So thank you, Dylan. Um, it's all about the the cats and their history of superstition. Um, oh, spooky cats. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, after a run of losses in 1923... Maybe this is what it is. I'm sorry to cut you up. Maybe no, it's about the superstition of seeing a black cat in the darkness uh, and Chris Scott's dimming the lights. He's, he's, a little, he's sitting, you've had a little spooky premonition, He's Bart. sitting under ladders. They're smashing glass. Okay. Maybe. You've had a little premonition, Bart, because in 1923, after a string of losses, a newspaper cartoonist suggested that Geelong's form was so bad it needed a black cat to give it good luck. <gasps> And there was a cartoon of, of the huddle with a little black cat lurking in there. It's like, oh, what have they done? You know. But then that weekend, to everyone's amazement, they pulled off a massive upset win against the Blues. Harry well, Taylor. Back, back, of course. Was the last time I think Colton were in the eight? Of course, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, of, and in, in this game, incidentally, Harry Taylor had a small black kitten in his sock for the game. <laughs> <laughs> that he passed over to Brucey Dool's dad. He sanitised it first, of course. Yeah, as you would. As you do. Um, now, to keep the luck going, the next week, the players pinned cutout cats on their jerseys. And from then on, the Geelong Footy Club lost its nickname, the Pivotonians, and became the Cats. <laughs> What's wrong with the Pivotonians? Right? I, it, could, it, I could shout that from this. Come on, the Pivotonians! <laughs> it just rolls <laughs> off the Insufficient intent from the Pivotonians! <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. The, the idea about the Pivotonians as well is they, for some people... Somewhere at some time used to call Geelong the pivot because it was a centre for uh, rail and also for uh, shipping for Victoria. So that's one of the Pivotonians. Right. But it, even at the time, a lot of Geelong fans weren't keen on it. The original nickname was the Seagulls and then they became the Pivotonians. A lot of people were like, what? But then, um, then the cats stuck, there we quite go. literally, on their jumpers. <laughs> um, in fact... The current cat emblem, which is still on their jumper, not the face one, but the one on the side on, that was designed by key forward Lloyd Hagger uh, 92 years ago. Oh, um, a bit yeah. of graphic design skills for right. the key forward there. Yeah, well, they were into they were into um, players getting a life outside of football even then, but... Yeah, there you go. Not just a, a life in property and <laughs> buying bars <laughs> post-career. Post Mayor of Geelong. Um all right, from there, the supernatural rituals just kept on getting creepier. In 1925, the Cats defeated Collingwood to win their first ever VFL Premiership. To mark the occasion, what do you reckon they did? What do you reckon they did? What do they do? Smashed a bunch of mirrors? <laughs> Buried a magpie underneath Karaya Oval. Oh, grim. Went out hunting birds. And after every flag until 2007, they continued oh. continued the sacrificial burial ceremony as an omen to the footy oh. gods. Oh my goodness! So they've been so doing 1925 sac- buried magpie. 1931 
A buried Tiger soft toy. Only after Premiership wins. Only after Premiership wins. Uh, 37, another buried magpie. 51, a buried bombers toy. 52, another buried dead magpie, which... Collie uh, wobbles. This one, yeah. This one was uh, apparently roadkill, which makes me think that the other two were just like murder. Yeah, they, um, murder of crows. Murder of crows. Uh, magpies. Um, mm. In 63, they buried a hawk figurine. Don't know why they had to not bury an actual hawk. Probably couldn't find one. Mm. And then and then they finished the tradition in 2007. So that was that's the that's the spooky cats. And maybe that uh, tells you something about the, well, the dark. And it's off. And it does. It does. And I tell you what as well. They haven't... So they won a flag in 2011. Mm-hmm. And then they... Against Collingwood again. I don't know if yes. they buried a uh, magpie then. We'll have to find out. Maybe they I reckon they've. I reckon they kept the tradition going. They're just keeping it quiet. Well, it's not very PC, is it, now to like hack up birds and bury them for sacrificial purposes for your football team? Not very. Or is it? No, it's not. I just thought I'd go through this. Has this article has some um, other superstitions from some of the other players? Now this is from 2015, so not all of them are current day players. I'll just pick up the current day players. Um, Okay, Tommy Hawkins must wear his favorite pair of red budgie smugglers each game. Surely he would um, bury a hawk or a hatchet or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bury the hatch. Sure. Um, um, he's also very paranoid that he's going to be late uh, to the ground and miss the start. So he's always the first, or if not the first, then one of the first to arrive on match day. Uh, Joel Selwood also wears the same pair of Speedos each game. He wears Speedos? Yeah, Speedos. I was what? so surprised at that. Oh. I th- yeah. I was, a, I was very... For a slippery game in the wet? Maybe. don't know. Um, yeah, I odd, wouldn't want to wear speedos. Choice. Yeah, interesting. Well, that's a childhood. That's a, that's like no undies left when in your juniors and you popped on your speedos and had a, a cracking day or something, right? That's some weird superstition. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, yeah. Maybe they hold 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 it all. I guess speedos do probably hold it all even a bit tighter than regular jocks. Mm. Um, and that could be. I can see the advantage in that. Should get himself some step one undies, I reckon. Send them to Joel, courtesy of AF Eloquence. Ah, this this is not a sponsored bit, but it could be. If it you want to sponsor be. the podcast, then hit us up. <laughs> step one AF Eloquence, if you can even spell it. Um, Gmail, the uh, gram, Facebook, Mark, Bl- Mark Blitzarves, another one. Oh yeah, what's he got? He listens to Kanye West leading up to a game and has to have pasta the night before each match. <laughs> Something like that. There you go. Yeah. Um, Harry Taylor. He used to wear zinc cream in every game, regardless of the weather. <laughs> now that is something I can get into. You got Joel Selwood on- slipping around in the uh, in the wet, and you got Harry Taylor with the war paint zinc. Maybe cream. it's an ode to Geelong, a tribute to the town. Here we go. This right? is, yeah, this is it. Beachside. The They'll seagulls. do well on the Can't the, pivot- the cu- Pivotorians. Pivotonians. Pivotonians. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jimmy Bartell, not a current day player, obviously, but he used to drink a nice coffee before each match. So I think Max Gorn's one upped him there. Um, and who else? I think that's it uh, for players. Yeah. James Kelly, he retired ages ago. Anyway. Um, oh, weird though. He eats uh, just right mixed with crunchy nut cornflakes before each game. Well, here's some uh, here's some, some little insight into our lives. I was down to the last couple of people for a, a commercial that was just right with crunchy clusters uh, just the other day, uh, Amelia. So I could have uh, well, maybe well, sent some well. off to a former Geelong player, ja- James Kelly? G- yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. Kelly. Kelly. Just yeah. one, Kelly. Of the, one of the Kellys. One of the Kellys. He now coaches at, the Kelly Gen- at James Essendon. Kelly. James yeah, Kelly is at Essendon now. And that's he right. loves uh, Crunchy well, Nut. He will be very excited about the news of this new 
just right. He won't have to buy two boxes now. He just buys the one. Doesn't have to combine them. This is the thing. Bloody you used to have sorted. to pop them in your your um, containers, your Tupperware, and make them yourself. Now, yeah. When you're tra- traveling into state, how do you make sure that? What if they don't have it at the supermarket? What do you do at the hub? Now, right. thanks to um, Just Right and Kellogg's. Sure. Hmm. Maybe Kellogg's. Maybe. <laughs> Look it up. Google it. James Kelly doesn't have to do that. That's right. And I think that is a strong point to finish our, to finish our pod Finish on. our show. <laughs> James oh. Kelly. Woo. This has been AF Eloquence. Thanks for listening. Have a good weekend of footy and we'll catch you next week. We love cereal. We love footy. We love the Saints. And we, come on, Sainers. Let's stay in the eight, Mealy. We got this. Yeah, we got this. <laughs> We're not eight shapers anymore. We are. We're in the eight. The eight. Contenders. We're contenders. Ten. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Bye.